0: Greetings and welcome to the Golf Betting System Podcast 146. This is our 2021 Sony Open in Hawaii episode. Paul Williams joins me, Steve Bamford, discuss this week's PGA Tour action.
1: Good morning, Paul. Good morning, Steve. How are you doing?
0: We're all right. We haven't got Barry with us for the ride, but uh, I think we might be able to get Barry next week. He's yeah, got, got a, lot of, a lot of commitments on at the moment. This podcast is for listeners of 18 and above. Please be gamble aware. You can visit begambleaware.org for more information. And of course, please bet responsibly. Visit our world famous golf betting system website with our in-depth betting previews, masses of tournament statistics and our predictor models, all completely free of charge with no paywall. Please subscribe to this podcast and drive the popularity of the show. We are available on social media. Twitter handles Paul is at Golf Betting. I'm at Bamford Golf. You can join our Golf Betting System Facebook group. The link is available in the description box. Got a lot of uh, new uh, new people come to the group last week, which was good to see. Yep. Look, look out for the Steve Bamford Golf YouTube channel where I present the Golf Betting Show every week. And... I'm now going to uh, ask for some reviews. We're we're review-less, Paul, so I really need some of you listeners to take the time. It would be fantastic if you could to give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Mm. Uh, The the, the gravitas of those five-star reviews, it just really, really helps to drive visibility of the podcast on Apple on the Apple Podcasts platform where it's about 60-65% of all of our listens happen on Apple Podcasts, the old iTunes effectively. So if you could leave a review for next week, and I believe next week is the first... PGA Tour and European Tour show, Paul. We've got it Abu Dhabi next week. We've got we? Abu Dhabi,
1: yes. Looking They've forward thrown
0: to it. a few dollars at Justin Thomas to get out there on his private jet.
1: They have indeed, yeah. Rory's out there. Hatton's... I, I think I said last week that Hatton was starting in uh, Dubai, but he's listed now for Abu Dhabi as well. Is it? So, yeah, good field. Fits and fits. It'll,
0: it'll be a far stronger field than the um, American Express.
1: Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: So, yeah, best yeah. best tournament next week on the European indeed, Tour, for sure. Yeah. So, if you could leave us a review, it would be absolutely fabulous. It'll only take you 20, 25 seconds. Get a review out there, five stars, and we'd much appreciate it. We'll read that review out, at the start of next week's show. And of course, leave your name and where you live. Right. It's a new year, but things continue. <laughs> <laughs> wow, well, you you COVID, steam, lockdowns. Yeah. Uh, I read yesterday there's a threat now that they might allow us only to leave our house once a week. Uh, that, that, I don't know how they police that, but that'll be fun. Yeah, good luck
1: with that
0: one. Uh, the weather's raining here uh, in the southeast of England as we record this. And another one of my uh, another one of my tips came very very close to winning but didn't. Yeah. And this uh, this week it was Justin Thomas. That yeah, bogey on seventeen, that three putt killed him, didn't it? It
1: did, yeah, yeah. It's um it's frustrating when he it's so it was the scoring was so deep, wasn't it? Then you just yeah, could not yeah. afford to make those kind of mistakes. And uh, yeah.
0: you have to say it's a fantastic tournament, wasn't it? I mean, at halfway, was it like something like sixteen players within two, three
1: shots? It was just <laughs> it was carnage, wasn't it? You Absolute put a carnage. Blank over him, couldn't you? It was it yeah. was that close. Um and uh, yeah, trying to pick a winner at the halfway point, you, you know, you, it, there were so many in it. But uh, yeah, it kind of did whittle down, didn't it? And, uh, you know, you, Ryan Palmer, um, as you would have expected, kind of didn't didn't push on on the Sunday um, to, to take the title. Um, Harris English did. Um, Jokin Neiman gave her a proper, proper fright and in fact probably should have won it, shouldn't he, um, given the chance he had? Uh, but yeah, JT, and, and you know, after we talked about it on the pod last week, I did have a just a win-only single on JT as well. So uh, we were both cheering him on. But um, yeah, that three putt was a dagger to the heart, wasn't it? At the end,
0: he's a class act, though, isn't he? I yeah, mean, he is. clearly there, he was, there was best the stuff, issue, did best stuff. there was the issue on Saturday.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, the only thing I'll say about the issue, and it's got nothing to do with Justin Thomas, but. With the fact that there are limited people on the golf course now, on the basis they have definitely turned up the microphones now, so you can hear pretty much everything these players are saying. And you know, there's expletives, there's swear words, there's there's things that shouldn't be heard on live TV. Being and it's it's because they've turned the microphones up, and we they want. To be able to hear what the players are saying, and the trouble is, when you're under this kind of, it's a, you know, it's the workplace, isn't it? It's professional golf. There's a lot at stake. There's a lot of pressure, and when players make mistakes, you're going to hear what players say. Yeah. Some will be, you know, some of it will be good, and some of it will be bad.
1: Yeah. And then yeah.
0: of course, play, and then it it gets caught on live TV, and then it's all, you know, it's all over Twitter. Oh, he said this, and you know, it's all clickbait.
1: Yeah, it is, and you know the the commentators are constantly apologising for the language. Yeah, and it's it's not—it's not just. John Rahm was
0: swearing like a good, and he was going mad.
1: It's not just um, goal fever, is it? You know, watching a football match, you can hear um, a lot more than you would ordinarily be able to hear, and uh, you know, there's—it's the reality, isn't it? It's um, yeah, no, I I know it's it's not worth digging into. Anyway, that blew up on Saturday, didn't it? A lot, and and
0: it, it. it was the Saturday, really. He, I think he bogeyed four, eagled five, doubled six. You know, that double. It was his driving, really. He put a new driver in the bag, and um, he was 40th out of 42 for driving accuracy. Mm. Um, and there were some wild ones in there.
1: <laughs> well, I saw one that hit a
0: cart path, and <laughs> instead of going right into deep, sort of dense trees and bushes that he'd never find the ball, it went left. Yeah, He was living on the edge with the driver, Thomas. But he is a... He, the way that... Uh, he was four back, but that's exactly the amount of shots he was back when he won the WGC St. Jude. Mm. I, I, I thought he would come forward and I think he likes chasing down. I think he likes chasing down, Thomas. Yeah. Yeah. But in the end, yeah, like you said, Neiman, the Wunderkind and Harris English. Harris English himself, he won that in a very... A typical way. We were talking last week about T to Green and mm. how the T to Green rank was king. And you just said, in a way, Neiman should have won it. And actually, if you look at the way that players had won um, the Century Tournament champions there on the plantation course, building up to this, he was perfect, really. He ranked second for T to Green, second for approach, sixth through around the green. He was second total T to Green. The fact was, though, and this was the case across both Neiman, Thomas, Palmer, and even Zander, they just didn't quite putt well enough from a strokes game perspective. Yeah, And the one that was putting lights out, who ranked first for strokes game putting, was Harris English, who ranked 15th for Teter Green and was first for strokes game putting.
1: Yeah, which again kind of ties in with the, the preview from last week with the with the angle of attack. And yeah, you know, when you when you've got a winning score of twenty five under, you've got to make your putts, haven't you? And mm. you know, clearly you did. And there's a few other eye catches, I must say. Um Abram Abram putting was um, was really good on the week. and he ranked second or something? Uh, I think second yeah. An, an old putting average he was fourth I think and third for strokes game putting, something like that. Um Adam Scott's um, iron play, I think 93% of greens regulation he got last week. So there's something percolating with Scott because you know, sometimes you look at his numbers and they're not quite there. But um, silly, clearly that was, that was good. And, and before Christmas, I'm sure we'd seen some really positive putting performances from Scott as well. Um, and Sergio showed some good stuff as well. So uh, there's a few players to, to keep an eye on, I think, over the next few weeks and months. Um, and you know, clearly there'll be more that come out of the Sony this week too.
0: Answer yeah, third for strokes game, parting six point six seven mm. across the whole week. He was I mean, third behind English and Michael Thompson.
1: Mm.
0: He likes a Bermuda green, doesn't he, Tommo?
1: Yeah, yeah. I'd stuck Thompson up uh, first round leader on the on Twitter on Wednesday after I'd done a little bit of work on it, and uh, he did absolutely nothing. But he did putt well. He did he did putt well on the week. So uh, yeah, maybe another one to keep an eye on. He can can shoot shoot a low one every now and again as well, can't he?
0: You mad, need the whole pass. package don't you to to win around to win something like that at 25 under yes. and yeah you've got to have a putter that's convert that's actually in very positive strokes game par uh, terms and as i said you know neiman thomas palmer Chauflay, Sung jae in was 35th the strokes game putting out of 42 mm. but he was first for tee to green and that clearly gets you in the mix, but he ended up four four shots shy. Uh, I know one that's going to be very, very popular this week is Sunjo, and clearly um, a PGA Tour winner on Bermuda Grass Greens last year in Florida, Mr. Im, who is trending amazingly well, and he's second at the Masters and then yep. uh, top five again last week. He's going to win soon. Playing some good stuff. Whether it's the Sony Open, I'm not 100%. Um we will find out on Sunday, naturally, but I don't know what you think about this. I mean, I've, I've had a good look into this. I must say, I have had the you won't be surprised. I have had the runner-up or top three in this many, many times, and I haven't snared the winner today, So So uh, most listeners will be switching off right now, but of course, we'll talk. We'll talk through the rationale. Um, the Sony Open. I must say, I don't know what you think seems to me they're struggling this, this week to actually fill the uh, fill the actual field up. Yeah. Whether golfers aren't prepared to fly all that way out to Hawaii just for one tournament and they're kind of, nah, you're right. You know, there's lots of Victor Hovland clearly said nah, don't want to stay, I'm going to go home. Patrick Reed. Claim that he. What did you say? he Got shin splints or something? Yeah,
1: I did. Because he was in a decent. I, I backed Reed last week, and he was in a decent spot halfway. But uh, yeah, blisters on his feet and shin splints was the official um, output of it. So um, blisters you can you can deal with. Shin splints a little. I mean, I've had shin splints myself.
0: Yeah, painful.
1: Um, they are they are painful, then it's not a five minute cure either. It's it's weeks and months if it if it truly is that. So um, we'll have to see how he progresses from here. You know, in Ryder Cup year, that's not ideal because he'll want to be playing as much as he possibly can.
0: It's a totally, totally different golf course this week. Mm. Wildlife Country Club. It's a Seth Rayner 1927 original. Tom Doak's been playing, doing some work around mm. some of the holes, especially the greens. It's, it's been, I don't know. They seem, they seem to have two, two or three new greens every year, and they tend to be very, very. Hard unresponsive for the, that first year, as, as you get with these greens. Um, 7,444 yards in length, it's not long. Water in play on five of the 18 holes. Rough this year is going to be slightly higher at two and a quarter inches. The greens are 7,100 square feet, Tif Dwarf grass, And that number has gone up, which would suggest that the greens that Doak is installing are larger than the originals. Mm, yeah. Used to be six two, I think it was, or six three. That's now jumped to seven thousand one hundred square feet average.
1: Yeah. The I'm Greens
0: themselves. They're this really gnarly Tiff Dwarf Bermudagrass. Mm. I believe they've got Tiff Dwarf Tiff Dwarf Bermudagrass at Sea Island, where they play the RSM Classic. Yep. And they've also got Tiff Dwarf, or they used to have Tiff Tiff Dwarf. At the old PGA West venue where they're playing next week's American Express. But those greens are always overseeded
1: mm.
0: because uh, clearly, even California desert in January, nice and warm during the day, extremely chilly in the evenings.
1: Yeah, yeah. Not um, I'm just checking
0: Bermuda. actually. Uh, yeah, there's still TIFF Dwarf Bermuda Grass at PGA West with Poa Trivialis Overseed. So, players that have done well at the old Bob Hope, Humana, American Express, that isn't a bad angle. Um, Players that have done well clearly at Sea Island, at the RSM or the Plantation course, they've both got Tiff Dwarf. You're seeing players there that can clearly putt on those gnarly, tough Bermuda grass greens. Um, The difficulty of this golf course you won't be surprised to hear we said exactly the same last uh, last week, and it's the same with all coastal golf. Doesn't It doesn't matter if it's just a, a golf course by the sea or a proper, genuine Lynx golf course, which this isn't. Um, the difficulty of this golf course is purely wind, and there
1: doesn't appear to be any this week. <laughs> it's another birdie fest on the way then.
0: Mate. Well, Kuchar one here 2019, two years ago at 22 under and they complained that year that the Greens weren't as receptive as they normally are. Uh, We've had Justin Thomas, of course, win at a record uh, 27-under for a past 70. Uh, And even the likes of Jimmy Walker in 2015, he was at 23-under. Gomez was 20-under. Russell Henley, 24-under. I think again, yeah. What did we have last week? 25-under we saw. Yeah. Neiman and English. I wouldn't be surprised if we win in exactly... At 22, 25 under par mark.
1: Yeah, and as you say, a par 70 rather than a 73, so it'll be some super low scoring.
0: Two par fives, both reachable, and this golf course every year, apart from last year when it was really wind city, I mean 11 under one, Cam Smith, um, just throws up tons and tons of eagles. The key to success is fairly simple. YLI over recent renewals has been the easiest course for par 5 birdie or better conversion. Indeed, the 9th and 18th holes yielded a whopping 62, 56 and 54 eagles across 2016 to 2018 renewals. Even last year, in very tough windy conditions, 32 eagles were scored over the two par 5s. So if you can find someone that regularly... Makes an eagle or two, useful.
1: Yep, Yeah. Giving yourself a chance on those par fives, saying so ideally you're hitting the fairway off those par fives, aren't you? To so give yourself a give yourself a stab at the green. It's, it's not clear. the be all end all, is it? The fairways at this place? No.
0: Well, it looks like the rough's slightly up. Mm. I think what we're going to get, Paul, is we're going to get um fairly. You always seem to get a lot of run on these fairways. I think you're going to get quite firm fairways, balls trickling out into sort of the first cut. If you're wild, you can go out of bounds. Uh, no wonder Justin Thomas isn't playing it this uh, this year because he probably knows he's going to be out of bounds on a couple of the drives. Um, he'll be working away on that new driver. Um, I think you're going to get firm, fast fairways. Fairly tough, rough, but nothing major. And you're going to get those, you know, the Honolulu uh, Fire Department will be hosing down those greens, <laughs> and they'll be stopping dead. I that's what we're going to get. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'd be surprised if we don't
1: make your um, putts and shoot your sixty twos. yeah.
0: And that is. Well, it's clear with this strokes gain data that we now use that strokes gain approach and strokes gain putting are the key factors when it comes to winning around wireline. It's undoubtedly a second-shot golf course, which ultimately is one with a very progressive putter. Green complexes are pretty flat, but many a player finds the Tiff Dwarf Bermuda grass difficult to putt on. So look for players who are confident with the putter on Bermudagrass And who can convert birdie chances rather than the purest of non-putt ball strikers. And you look at non-putt ball strikers, and the the best one I can come up with is is Hideki Matsuama, who is clearly Japan's number one golfer, has to play this, or feels that he has to play this every year because it's Sony, one of the biggest brands in Japan. And his record here is shocking.
1: Because he can't putt very well. No, no, well, he wasn't particularly good last week either, was he?
0: <laughs> Had he been on the sarky?
1: <laughs> well, he got himself the right side of par by the end of the week.
0: But, uh, <laughs> it was a struggle. Oh, uh, it? He was popular, wasn't he, pre-event. He was popular. Yeah. he's going to win, going to win. Yeah. Yeah. No, no. He'd been on the sarky, I think.
1: Didn't quite happen, did
0: it? But... Oh, <laughs> I'll read through the winners here. Cam Smith, great putter. Matt Kuchar, streaky, streaky putter. Yeah, very, very good putter, Kuchar, when he's on it. Um, I'll read you some stats. Um, Going into the event last year, Cam Smith was in the top 10 for strokes game putting. Yeah, I know it was early season, but he's a decent putter, Smith. Uh, The year Kuchar won it, previous season, full season, he'd, been in the top 30 for strokes game putting. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The guy that finished second second to him, who we were on at 80 to one, a certain Andrew Putnam, clearly finished runner up, as they all do. He was third in the category of strokes game putting that particular season. Um, We then go to Pat and Keziah. Now Kaziah is hot fire, as we know. And the season he won, as he entered the um, Sony Open, he was in the top 40 for strokes game putting. And that trend just goes on and on and on. Justin Thomas was in the top 25 for strokes game putting. Um, Jimmy Walker, streaky, streaky putter, yes. Um, The season before, the full season, top 11 in the whole PGA Tour for putts. Uh, strokes gained, and the year he won the first one, back in 2014, so he had won his first PGA Tour event at the what was it called back then, the Fries.com Open or something like that, that was his first ever PGA Tour of success, we're on board at 40-1 to that was in 2013, but it was the first tournament of the season you get where I'm coming from, he'd finished then, 12th at Summerlin, 6th at the CIMB Classic over in Kuala Lumpur Forty fourth at the WGC, twenty first the week before at Kapalua. He was in uh, in strokes gained metrics. He was third for strokes gained putting as he arrived at Wileye. and he won his second tournament in four outings to win at forty to one. Mm. The first time he won this, he won this in fourteen and fifteen. So this to me, and the way I work this is, I'm looking for natural strong putters who are entering this week with a bit of confidence with the irons and, and, and a regularity of hitting some greens I think it's as simple as that
1: yep, yep. Not you don't have to be long no with the, the gate power
0: off the tee completely
1: yeah it's, it's not that kind of track is it
0: it's positional isn't it I'm yeah. not even sure it's position. well it is positional but it's like I would rather be five yards off the fairway on the right side of the hole than on the on the fairway with the with the wrong angle into the pin. That's yeah. how this place works.
1: Yeah, well, it's a less than driver track, isn't it? Effectively, that's that's you know, if you if you're talking about a positional track, it's one way you can take a different club from off the tee and put yourself into a spot that you're comfortable with to attack the pins, and you don't have to. You, you could get away with. Um, I suspect some of the longest hitters could get away with not even putting a driver in the bag if they wanted to, because they could probably navigate their way around without it.
0: Now, did you say from some of your research last week that you found sources claiming it also favours the draw?
1: I've seen a few quotes that kind of suggest that that's the case, and uh, I think you can play it either way, but some players will feel comfortable with it. I think the players that um, automatically pick up the driver for every shot probably don't like it because it's not that kind of track those that prefer you know a, a more of a thinking man's track a more of a track where you've got to plot your way around and uh, you know think about each hole and it's on its merits is uh, is one who's going to got to be more likely to to succeed around here and that that kind of lends itself to to shorter hitters because that's generally how they're going to have to navigate anyway they they you know they they have to be a bit more creative with the way that they play um, whereas the bombers will often just pick the driver out of the bag and give it a smash and see where it ends up. And I'm not sure you, you, you can get away with poor driving accuracy. That, that's a fact because we've seen it from the metrics in the last few years. But um, I think you've still got to have a little bit of thought process that goes through how you approach each of the holes. As you said, you, you could be better off attacking a certain side of the course and settling for being off the fairway instead of having a better, better, better line into the greens. Mm. So, so, yeah. No, I'd, I'd, I'd err on the side of plotters rather than rather than bombers. I think in that respect.
0: Yeah, I think you are right on that. If we look at the strokes gained metrics of this, uh, so I will take, uh, if I could find it, the last five winners here: Gomez, Thomas. Kaziah, Kuchar, and Smith average out where they finished that week in terms of their strokes gained skill sets, and then we'll average that out over those five renewals. Strokes gained off the tee, thirtieth thirtieth mo- uh, place in the field. So that tells you all you need to know, yeah. Mm. Not often you see that on the PGA Tour. Last week, uh, last week for Kapalua, I believe strokes gained off the tee was. Averaged out at 4th. I know it's a short field event, but yes. Strokes gained on approach, 14th. Strokes gained around the green, 22nd. Strokes gained tee to green, 12th. And this is outlandish. Strokes gained putting, 3rd. Five renewals. Uh, Smith was 1st. Kuchar was 3rd. Keziah was 3rd. Justin Thomas was 2nd. Fabian Gomez was the outlier. He was fifth for strokes gained pain Seventh strokes gained tee to Green. Got to have a hot putter. Yep. Victor yep. Hovland need not apply. No wonder he flew home. <laughs> he,
1: he thought better of it once he realised what he was going
0: to do. He said, uh, what greens have they got at this uh, so, at wild Irish country club? Someone's gone, in. oh, Bermuda grass. I thought they were Pasperlum.
1: I'm off.
0: off. <laughs> I'm off. I have a theory about um, Victor Hovland that I'll share off mic with you and where he's going to go well this year in terms of a major.
1: Right, okay. Make sure you put a post-it note up so you don't forget the uh, the week it comes out. Yeah, around. I'm going to put that next to the
0: never-back Ryan Palmer post-it note. <laughs> my Lord, I came so close to backing Ryan Palmer this week. It was a, I was literally sort of going to make cups of tea and talking to my wife, talking to... Just trying to put myself off it, just anything to avoid Ryan Palmer, mm. and I managed to do it. <laughs> I even went up. to the ex- I even went to the extent Paul, where I worked out that Ryan Palmer has not won an individual golf tournament on the PGA Tour in his last two hundred and fifty seven starts.
1: Yeah,
0: and I should not be backing him at thirty five to one to win this one,
1: well, even though he
0: plays it so damn well.
1: Yeah. It'd been a long time between drinks for Harris English as well, though, has
0: not it? Seven years, yeah. was it? Seven and a half years. Seven and a half years. It does tie in with one of my tips, actually. Yes. I mean, you look at you go this season so far, Sink hadn't won for eleven years, Garcia three and a half, Martin Laird seven and a half. Gay seven and a half. Strebb sick over six years, and now Harris English over seven years. Mm. So Ryan Palmer could, but a 35 to 1? Yeah, probably. Um, I'm not really that fussed. Now, that does lead us on to winning prices around here. And this is kind of where uh, I've set my stall. Cam Smith, 55 to 1. Matt Kuchar, 2019. He was 40 to 1. He was actually the 11th, He was 11th in the betting market that week, 40 to 1. Cam Smith, where would you be at 55? It's
1: probably top 15, yeah. top 16? Around that year, 16 to yeah. 20, that kind of bracket. Was
0: Patton Kazai was at 80 to 1 chance. So I got him here in the top 30 of the betting. Justin Thomas at 14 to 1. He was third favourite at 14 to 1. Um, Fabian Gomez was 100 to 1. 100 to 1, he'd finished sixth the week before. Mm. Uh, Jimmy Walker, 18 to 1. And then that was the second renewal he won. He was 40 to 1, the one in 2014. Russell Henley, 100 to 1. Henley being the only player in recent times to win this without a go on the track. Yes. If you look at the last seven renewals, so since we've gone into this split season structure, 50 to 1, five, zero to 1 is the average winning price. If you look over the last 11 renewals going back to 2010, the overall winning price is 82 to 1.
1: That kind of sweet spot for punters, isn't it? That kind of 40 to 100 to 1 bracket. Where you can pick you know, make a case for these players and uh, they, they can and do win at that kind of price
0: well with Patrick Reid withdrawing literally five yeah. minutes after I put my tips out and it was just like I I just wanted to avoid Simpson at twelves, Morikara at fourteens, English at fourteens. now English could go could go bang yeah that would be three wins on the trot wouldn't it QBE with Kuchar Century and then Sony Open I always had him down for this I knew he'd be short. I didn't know he'd win the week before, though.
1: Yeah.
0: I mean, it's a perfect golf course for Harris English.
1: It's, We've
0: seen it in the past with JT. Yeah. We've seen Jimmy Walker 18-1. to He finished second at, at the plantation course the week before. I don't know if he lost in the playoff. Might have done. Can't recall that. It can happen. Might happen. But 14-1. to
1: Yeah, I... I... Personally, I'd be Simpson over English in that, that respect. And when I'm putting my DraftKings teams together tomorrow and th- Wednesday, then I expect that's the way I'll play that as well, Simpson over over English. But yeah, you never know. Some Sometimes these players do just hit that absolute top gear, don't they? And uh, can rattle off a couple of wins. Oh, as you say, it'd effectively be three wins on the trot, wouldn't it? Because you got the QBE at the back end of last year as well.
0: Yeah, that clearly helped him last week. He just had that confidence to know, I'd won just the other side of Christmas, I can hang about here. And he and he wobbled. He was in the final group with Ryan Palmer. He was never going to get much support from Palmer. <laughs> <laughs> was he? Let's be frank.
1: No.
0: I mean, I'm looking at Colin Morricara's splits and he's an outstanding, prestigious talent. For me, he's probably the best player in the field. Colin Morikara. I think he's going to do great things in the sport. Apart from his PGA championship win on his pretty much his home golf course here in San Francisco, where he was first for strokes game putting, Yeah, you just find Colin Morikara finishing in the top two or three strokes game putting. It just doesn't happen. It just doesn't happen. Yep. Last year here, he was 50th for strokes game putting. He lost a a point eight of a stroke each round on his putting. Yeah, just you know, fourteen to one on Morikawa. I just can't take it because he doesn't fit that identical profile. We're looking for putters here that are great with their approaches. We're not looking for pure. You know, the pure is the ball strikers who, when they have a reasonable week with a flat stick, win.
1: Yeah, no, not if you've got to get to twenty to twenty-five under, which looks the looks the kind of number in that bracket, doesn't it?
0: They might contend, they might go very close, but ultimately they don't win. Mm. And that's what we found out so far. So you know, I'm poo-pooing all of these chances. Um of the top boys, I was probably closest to Sung Jay Im. But again, Im, he, he just dunno, he's got he's got to, he's got to putt abnormally well to get the job done. Yeah. I'm, I don't know. Hit Matsuama, Matsuama I didn't. He just. I just go straight over his name. He, he just doesn't fit. Um, there's some merits with answer with that Strokes Game Part in performance last week, but again, he's you know he's, he's still a Tour maiden. hasn't won on the PGA Tour. Yeah. He's so consistent though. He's clearly well ensconced in the top uh, top fifty in the world. The one I plumped for, the first one I plumped for which will be Barry's auto bet, is Kevin Kisner. Because Kisner actually last week with his approach play was very, very, very disappointing until the final round. And I think he hit 16 of 18 greens. Just something seemed to click. Yeah. And sometimes you look at these numbers and when you go back and look at a winner... It's like well, his numbers last week were X, Y, and Z, and then when you really go granular, you realise. But actually, on that particular round, the last round, all of a sudden, something switched on. But I didn't spot it. And actually, if I'd you know, you always look back, do not you? Oh, I should have done this. Should have done that. Um, Kisner, he's the sort though. He's perfect for this golf course, in my opinion. Fairly straight off the tee. Great approach play with his irons when he's right. And a phenomenal, phenomenal putter. Yeah. And we're t- we're talking about Tiff Dwarf Bermuda grass. You know he's a winner at Sea Island, isn't he? He won the RSM in 2015. We were on board. His record here is outstanding. I was expecting him to see to see him in the um, the top ten of the scoring average per player. But when he first played over here, hes I think it was like three miscuts on the trot when yeah. he was like someone you'd never heard of.
1: Yeah, doesn't help your averages, does it?
0: Doesn't help the averages, no. But recently, he's just outstanding around here, isn't he? 5th, 4th, 25th and 4th in four of his last five starts here. He's due as well, isn't he?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's been there or thereabouts, and, and yeah, and as you say, Barry's been keen on him for a while, and um, he came mighty close back end of last year, didn't he?
0: Well, It was Streb, wasn't he? Yeah. Streb had beat him in that playoff, and we haven't heard from Barry since. So <laughs> he's still in recovery mode.
1: <laughs> no, I did get a message from him yesterday to say that he'd uh, he, he was absolutely backing um, Kevin Kisner, which um, I think was the most likely thing to happen. This week out of Cam game.
0: Smith last year. No, no tenth no of the Australian Cam Smith, tenth of the Australian sorry, cut, cut, I think you cut out there. Tenth of the Australian PGAs, 27th at the Oz Open, 60th at the HSBC, fourth, fourth outing out, third at the CJ Cup. Kuchar had won the Mayakoba three outings before he won this. Kaziah had won the Mayakoba three outings before he won this. Justin Thomas had won the Tournament of Champions the week before. Gomez had finished sixth at the Tournament of Champions and had won the Personal Classic in Argentina three outings out. There's this thing here of players that had gone, they'd even won or gone extremely close at a tournament yeah. in sort of near history, the other side of Christmas.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: And you can't, you know, you look at Kevin Kisner. What did he do? He'd lost in a playoff at the RSM Classic. To Streber two outings ago. Mm. I thought 30 to 1. There was a bit of 33's that soon got snubbed. Uh, that got um, bitten. So I got two each, two points each way, 30 to one with Bet Fair Sportsbook um, on Kevin Kisner. Uh one thing I must must point out as well uh, to regular listeners, Bet Fred for their first time in their history, have gone eight places each way of 50 odds on a PGA Tour full-field event.
1: Yeah, just a regular event. It's a a good move, isn't it? They've done it
0: in majors in the past, haven't they, eight? But they've never done a standard PGA Tour event, eight places each way of 50 odds.
1: No, no. I know they've gone to 10 at the British Masters because they sponsor that one. But over on the PGA Tour on a regular... Events such as this, it's a it's a good step. It's it's getting hyper competitive the each way market over here in the UK, isn't it?
0: That's six. That's six operators this week that are mm. six place, uh, eight places each way. Yeah,
1: yeah, it's good stuff. It does give you? A, I, they always option.
0: seem they are they always seem to be last out with prices. But I never usually go. We don't go live until I see a bet for a price if I can, because yeah. they can be stand out on price as well. Yeah, I yeah, just. I pulled together a top 10 of the predictor model last week. I'll just quickly run through it Leishman, Kucho at nine, Neiman at eight, Berger at seven, Kizire at six, Kisner at five, Smith at four, Palmer three, Simpson two, English one. Bet Fred right now, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Seven of those players right now are best price or equal best price with Bet Fred and eight places each way 50 mm-hmm. odds. Outstanding.
1: Yep. Very aggressive, um, and yeah, I hope, I hope they continue it because that's that's the key. Just doing it for one week is, uh, yeah, is all well and good, but so uh, yeah, it needs to be consistent for punters and then we'll see what happens from there. Um,
0: clearly, if you are in the United Kingdom and Northern Ireland listening to this podcast, haven't got a Bet Fred account, there is a current deal at Golf Betting System. If you sign up, bet £10, get. £30 in free bets, plus an additional 60 free spins on Betfred Casino. Uh, That is available via GBS. Um, We, um, of course, key terms and conditions also available at the Golf Betting System website. Well worth having, I think, a Betfred account, especially, as you said, if this is going to be their continual promotion on the PGA Tour, why wouldn't you have an account with them? gives you another option. Right. So I've gone KK. Yep. What What were your thoughts around players that you're backing?
1: Yeah, I, at the top, the closest I came was Simpson, but I, I really just cannot pull the trigger on Simpson for reasons that I've uh, articulated many a time on the podcast in the past, so I've left him alone. Um, the first one I've gone with is Matt Kuchar at 40-1. to mm mm-hmm. um, and you know, you talked about players that have got a recent win under the belt, and it was him alongside Harris English back at the QBE, yeah, um, just before Christmas. Thirty-seven under they got to, which was nine yeah. shots clear of everyone else. So clearly play they were clearly both playing some incredibly good golf, and um, clearly both making a lot of a uh, lot of putts and playing some uh, you know some good attacking, aggressive, and scoring golf. So, Harris has got his win, perhaps uh, perhaps Kuchar gets his as well, and uh, he's come into a track that he's done extremely well on in the past. Um, fourth year in 2002, since that point, he's got another four top eight finishes, um, and then he finally won the event back in 2019. Um, what we have see seen with Kuchar, though, is the prices when he comes up to win these tournaments, he's usually... Absolutely, you know, telegraphed the fact that he's going to win, and he's kind of sixteen to one, eighteen to one, that kind of bracket. Um, so forty to one, given that he is coming off the back of a win in inverted commas on his last start, I thought was well oh, yeah. worth taking on.
0: Yeah, I did contemplate worth a dab on it.
1: Yeah, I think so. Eight thousand four hundred on uh, DraftKings as well, and he's going to feature in a few of my teams in that as well. Um, going back to some measurements, um, we've got nothing from the QBA, of course, but third for driving accuracy at the RSM, so he's hitting the ball straight, uh, sick the strokes gain putting. Um, and again, you talked just a second ago about the oh correlation between the greens yeah. there and here. Um, and if you go back to his win in 2019 here, he had won just before Christmas. Um, that was at the Mike Oba, um Golf Classics, so coming off some hot form previously that year. Um, potentially coming off some hot form this year as well, so yeah, forty to one for Kucha. I was quite happy to take a dabble on, and that was again just as you mentioned a second ago. That was with Betfred eight places each way. They were top price with that and top yep. terms, so um, got a decent chance of a uh, an each way payout, at least. I think with Kucha on those terms. Yep. So yes, I like Kuchar. yeah, 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 yeah Kooch for me. I think we've both gone for the same guy after that. So I'll, 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 let, I'll let you take the, uh, the plaudits with the next one, since as, uh, as your preview.
0: There's no doubt that players who've played at Kapalua last week or the week before the Sony Open have historically had an advantage. But the past 22 champions, 15 won five, had played on Maui the week before. Mm. So 68% of winners had played the tournament of champions. Now I've made I made the mistake last year of only and this is typically me when I see a trend I can't move off it <laughs> I typically completely thought oh, well no one else can win it's got to be someone that played last week and didn't uh, Cam Smith was interesting didn't tip him so that that was that was my uh, that's how I roll but um, Cam Smith won this twelve months ago and he beat long-term leader Brendan Steele, who capitulated over the last couple of bowls to get Cam Smith into a playoff. Mm. Um, Both of them hadn't played the tournament of champions. And if you look at Cam Smith, he played some golf late on in the Australian summer. So I still like the fact that they need to have been busy. But the fact of the matter is that I think since 2010, Palmer, Mark Wilson, Russell Henley and Cam Smith hadn't played at... The tournament of champions the week before so if you've got a player that you fancy that showed something towards the end of last season but didn't play the century tournament of champions it isn't you know don't just cross them out if you fancy them bet on them course experience though does seem to be something that you'd want to be looking at 14 of the past 15 champions had played the Sony Open before even if they'd missed the cut. that takes me not that particular part of it, but the part of it that said uh, that you don't have to back someone that played the century took me to a player that's hitting tons of greens at the moment, hasn't won for a while, and is putting really well as he enters this tournament. And he's a course winner. So he's a kind of it's a kind of Kuchar type bet. But I took another player at forty to one. I took Zach Johnson. Now, oh, percolated John- with Zach,
1: isn't there? Well, he, he,
0: again, he played well at that RSM Classic, didn't he? Yeah. But also, you look at Zach, he, he's, he's had major problems. And this golf course, he must lick his chops because it's short. His lack of length makes no difference. Again, it's all about his approach play playing putting. This is the kind of place where a Zach Johnson can win. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Clearly, he's a course winner. Won here in 2009. His results here at the Sony Open have generated almost $1.8 million. 12th in 2010, 8th in 2014, 9th in 2016, 6th in 2017 and 14th in 2018. I think he's playing some great stuff right now. Since he had that Payne Stewart Award, he shot 61-65 over the weekend to finish 7th at the Wyndham Classic in August. That was his first top 10 finish for 20 months. And he followed that up with 8th at the US Open. 19th at the Shriners and 6th last time out at the RSM Classic in late November. Zach went out in the Sunday final group with Bronson Bagoon and Barry O'Hanrahan's nemesis, Robert Streb. And he took a triple bogey 8 at the par 5 eight yeah, And he I finished remember. 3 shots back of Streb and Kisner who played made the playoff with Streb destroying Barry's evening. <laughs> <laughs> he's close, Zach Johnson. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah.
0: He's also won twice on, on his yearly debut. He won this in two... Th- um, he won... Uh, sorry, I'm not talking... That's not true. He won... Well, put it this way. He's won... At Kapalua in 2014 on his seasonal outing. And actually, when you look at what he's done on his first outing since 2008, I won't go through the whole string, but I'm reading sixths, firsts, sevenths, sixths. So he tends to come out, and loads of top 20s, he tends to come out quite hot on his yearly debut. So I don't think he'd just have been sitting there doing very little. I think he's, he knows he's onto a good thing. And I thought he'd have been working really hard at Sea Island on those practice Tiff, Dwarf, Bermuda grass greens by the coast. Yep. Um, I just think he's right for this week. And with this trend of crazy long winners who haven't won for a period of time, Zach Johnson fits like a hand in the glove. One and a half points each way, 40 to one with Betfair Sportsbook. I've seen no interest in him whatsoever. I'm not seeing the price get any smaller, which would suggest no-one's punting on him. Probably, oh, he didn't play the Tournament of Champions. But Zach Johnson, 40-1. to I like that.
1: Yeah, it does feel like a Zach kind of track, doesn't it? And uh, As you say, it's been a while since he, he won as well, doesn't it? He was fifth,
0: I believe. Let me just... I should check these stats before I actually say them. Sorry, he was third for strokes gained putting... At the RSM Classic. Mm. Behind only Patton, Keziah and Chesson Hadley of all people. (laughs) So yeah, the putter is warm. Uh, And he's doing some nice stuff at the moment. Another one of exactly the same ilk has fallen into my lap this week as well you can get 50 to 1 if you only want six places each way but he is available at 45 to 1 with bet fair sportsbook right now eight places each way on a player who is a fantastic putter and over the last two performances has actually started to hit greens regularly mm. And I think you'll agree on a course last week that is probably, with Augusta National, probably one of the worst courses that this particular individual could play because he's probably the shortest player on the PGA Tour. Well, he's up there with Brian Gay anyway. Um, Brendan Todd.
1: Yep. Yep. Yeah. Kapalua just isn't his game, is it? It's... um... What did he finish, 13th last week? That's a pretty good showing.
0: 13th last week.
1: Yeah, that's a pretty good showing on a track that just doesn't lend itself to his game. And this is, what, 6,000 yard, yards, 6, yards, 600 yards shorter, 6,000 um, yards, 600 yards shorter. And uh, I mean, he, he hits the ball dead straight, as you said, but um, his, his putting has been good. And actually, his putting's been trending from what I've been seeing. He's, he's moving forward, if anything, so uh, should be pretty but comfortable done. coming out.
0: I don't think, Paul, I've ever seen a driving distance number this small in all the years I've covered this. Driving distance last week, he was 42nd out of 42 at the plantation course. He hit uh, 87% of fairways, yeah. but he blasted it 250 yards off the tee.
1: That's down on average. Of- <laughs> That's, That's kind of. Like- SS, SSP Tower Asia kind of. Level. I think
0: I've actually hit a, a drive close to two fifty on the odd occasion. Yeah, I'm not sure. It what it clearly, was hasn't straight... gone straight, but <laughs> it's, yeah,
1: it wasn't kind of Brendan Todd arrow straight, Steve. I don't
0: think it was downhill, but even so, <laughs> off
1: the car path.
0: But the fact of the matter is, it, that is absolutely immaterial. What this, what Brendan Todd has got, and he's got it right now, is he's got a phenomenal short game. Third mm. for scrambling last week, yeah. seventh for putt. Putting average, so putts per greens in regulation, and from a strokes gained perspective, he was absolutely red hot with the putter last week. Mm. Yep, uh, he was fifth for fifth for strokes gained putting behind Griffin, Anser, Tomo and Harris English. But he is hitting or hitting. He was twenty third for greens in regulation, and at Maya Coba before Christmas, he finished eighth when defending. He was first for driving accuracy and 16th for greens in regulation. So we've got a putter here that is playing well from tee to green. Yep. Clearly, no strokes gained data from um, the Mayakoba Golf Classic was in Mexico. But actually, I would assume with, with driving accuracy first, greens in regulation, 16th, I bet his irons were absolutely red hot in Mexico as well.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, he finished 8th overall, didn't he? So he clearly played well.
0: Um, so he was eight, yeah.
1: Say, oh, th- go, on, go, on. go
0: no, you go. Please. <laughs> you go.
1: I was just going to say he's fourth for strokes game putting for the season to date as well, which is kind of marries into some of the other stats that you. What did we say earlier? You said about some of the other winners, is so. Yeah, all good.
0: Eighth at the Mayakoba. He was tied fifth at that QBE shout at the shootout with Billy Horshaw, I think it was. What happened to him? He just totally ejected, didn't he? Mm, yeah. Billy Ho, whoa, strange one. Terrible record here, Horshall, for a course that theoretically would you'd think suit him. But again, Billy Horshall, is he a natural born putter? No, he's not. So yes, uh, Todd eighth, Mike Ober, top five at the QBE, and then he finished thirteenth last week. And I think he was in the top, he was in the top sort of ten all the way through, and he was there or thereabouts. And that yep. that plantation golf course does not suit him to 1 well it just it's just he it just cannot compete around there
1: no.
0: um the other thing with with um todd is don't forget he won the maya cobra and the bermuda championship in 2019 won twice consecutive weeks or sorry consecutive outings i think there was a week in between the two shot 22 under to win in bermuda and shot 20 under to win at maya cobra short coastal golf courses this is, I think, right up his alley this week. Yeah. And we've got 30 to 1, 40 to 1, and 45 to 1, bearing in mind that the average winning price here over the last seven renewals is 50 to 1. So I think we're we're in the right part of the market. Mm-hmm. I've also gone for one at 200 to 1, and actually I thought 200 to 1 was a bit of a crazy price for a guy that won two outings ago.
1: Yeah, the odds compilers have got very short memories with some players, haven't they? Well, they just don't
0: rank them, do they? Mm. Five top 13 finishes here. 10th, 5th, 13th, 6th and 13th. I'd love a t- I'd love a tied 7th with two others this week. It'd be perfect. So 10th, 5th, 13th, 6th and 13th. I've got him eight places each way with Betfred at 200-1. to 1. He's got f- five wins on the PGA Tour. That's, that's equal to Ricky Fowler. I always get that in just to wind Barry up. <laughs> and I'm seeing wins at 20 under, 18 under, 25 under par. He's won at El Chameleon, the Mycoba, by the coast. Harbour Town, by the coast. South Wind, which I think is, again, another great court comp course. PJ West on Tiff Dwarf Bermuda Grass Greens. And his last win was at the Bermuda Championship in November finished, I think, it was it 18th or something like that last week? Yeah. Something, on the, fring- something yeah. on the fringes of the top 20. And again, that's not really a... Sorry, Brian he Gates finished 29th race. last week, but it was, it was okay. Again, but this guy is just... He... Brian Gay. He, what, what can Brian Gay really do at Kapalua when people are launching it 400 yards onto a green like Bryson DeChambeau? Yeah. But this week, 200 to 1 Brian Gay? Yeah. All over it like a rash. I like Gay Stuart Sink these pros know they've got a win in the bank if they can get another top you know top three top four finish they're pretty much guaranteed then getting into the BMW Championship at the end of the season Into and they're starting to earn some really good money yeah. in that in those FedEx Cup playoffs
1: yeah.
0: so I've got Gay at 200 to 1 who again a beautiful fantastic putter who started to hit some greens in regulation over his last two outings. In fact, he ranked in the top 13 for greens in regulation across the last eight weeks in my eight-week trackers. So, Gay, Todd, Johnson of the Zach variety, and Special KK Am I four this week for the Sony Open. Who have you got at a big price? I know you're going you're gonna to have somebody.
1: Yeah, I backed, I backed a couple at three figures. Um i backed Brandon Grace at 125 to one. Mm, um yeah. he was much improved last time out actually at the yep. DP World Tour championship over at the Earth course. Um finished Top seven, uh, wasn't Yeah, finished eighth, which was good. Mm-hmm. Um it actually shown um something off the tee at both the RSM um and the Maya Coba before that over on the PGA tour. Um which was interesting for him. Um, clearly something percolating, I think. And if you look back at his um, first event after the new year in history, well, you only have to go back as far as last year because he won the South African Open on his first start of the year. Um, he's got some other decent uh, efforts right at the start of the year as well. So, um, yeah, I, there's plenty to like. I mean, if you look, going back to your preview, there's a co- quote from Matt Kuchar about um, comparable courses, one of which is Hilton Head. Um, clearly, he's won there. Um, he's won twice in Qatar on Bermuda Grass Glass Greens over on the European Tour. Um, both of those were in January. In fact, if you look at all of his European Tour wins, five of his nine European Tour, European tour wins came in January. So maybe there's something bio biorhythm wise with um, Brandon Grace that gets his uh, juices flowing at the start of each year. Thirteenth um, year in 2017. That is the only start he had, but um, if he can build on that effort from the Earth course, um, potentially there's a scope for an each-way payout there. So um, 125 to one, I got with him, and he's still available in that kind of bracket. The other one I backed is Peter Malnati, um, 175 to one. I backed him out, and again, if we're talking about putters, um, then he is one of the best. Um, almost capable putters out there He's second for strokes game putting on the season today and he loves going low doesn't he he loves throwing in a, a low round 63 shot at the Sanderson Farms in the final round and finished second there he shot, shot 62 at the Shriners he finished fifth uh, 63 at the Bermuda Championship um, for the first round uh, his first round leader there um, 65 he shot in the first round at the RSM and he was third after the first day as well so um other than that, I mean, the form up to that point looked really good. I, mean, I remember you backing him for one of those um, events at the back end of the year as well.
0: Bermuda, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I backed him for a couple. He completely threw the dummy out of Maia missed the cut. But yes, Bermuda, uh, he was first round leader.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I and mean, if you look, that Maia is only really, the only blot really on the uh, yeah, on the uh, on the copy best season but...
0: he's ever had. I think yeah. apart from the win, win season in twenty fifteen, he's, um, he's he's been playing nice stuff. Mount Aitie, yeah. It's, again, uh, a putter that has been hitting a, a decent level of green.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So 175-1, to 1, other than, you know, just for the fact that he missed the cut in his last start. I'm not having that. He was 12th here last year, um, and he opened with a 72, which is not good enough around here. So he was uh, it was flirting with missing the cut at that point, but uh, recovered to finish 12th. Um, so, yeah, I'm... I, I see no reason not to back him at that kind of price, 175 to 1. Um, I shall also take him first round leader, um, given that he has got this tendency to throw in a silly low round every now and again, um, just waiting for some first round leader prices to come up. And of course, Matt Every's playing this week, so Matt Every will be back to first round leader as well, um, which should be a nice juicy price, 300 maybe, 250, 300 to 1, I thought.
0: Brandon Grace... Finished 13th here on his only outing. Mm. He was uh, 40th for strokes going tee to green that week, 10th for strokes game putting, finished 13th. He then flew to Abu Dhabi. So I reckon he'll be playing Abu Dhabi next. He finished 13th there as well. Yeah. He don't mind some mileage, does he, Brandon? No,
1: I don't, no. No, and he's obviously picking and choosing. He's definitely
0: t- he's definitely turning the corner, Mister yes. Grace. Yeah, the, the, I don't know if if he wants to get into the Olympics or there's some. It clearly isn't President's Cup, and he's he's slumped, hasn't he? Mm. But we know that Grace is an outstanding player.
1: Yeah, as I said at the back end of the year, there was just this spark with his long game, which looked good, and then he took that forward mm. to the Earth course, and uh, it, it was a good performance. It was, you know, in a, in a good strong field over there in uh, in Dubai, that was a, a good effort to finish eighth and. Uh, I think, yeah, if he can improve on that 13th place finish here from uh, 2017, then he's got a good chance of uh, good chance of placing. So, yeah, quite happy to take that on.
0: I think that's us then. Well, mm. good. Let's hope, for, um, let's hope for another good week in yeah, terms of at least one. having some contenders in the mix.
1: Well, let's see if we can get one of them over the line, Steve. That'd be nice. Phew, Jesus.
0: It'd be nice to get a five-star review as well. From one yes. of our beautiful listeners.
1: Perhaps we need that winner first, Steve, before we start. That, that'd flowing. be my perfect
0: week: landing a winner and getting a, a whole glut of five-star reviews <laughs> from our fantastic listeners. That'd be fantastic. So uh, we'll see. We'll see how far we get with both aspects. Yeah, of that, we live it? in hope. We do, and let's hope we don't get into another lockdown where we can't leave the house, <laughs> which is being regularly reported in our national press right now. Thank you for your time, Paul. I know that you are going to be start doing your research very soon for your first European Tour event, the Abbey yeah, Derby, Abbey, yeah. Yeah. which is absolutely loaded, isn't it? This it year? is it looks really good.
1: Yeah, it's going to be a cracking event, really good one to get a teeth into. Rolex Series event to kick the season off on the European Tour, and uh, actually we've got three really good events. We've got that, then the Dubai Desert Classic, and then the Saudi. Invitational, which always um, grabs a few people from uh, overseas. I, I, Tony is playing. I saw at the uh, Saudi International. So um, I
0: expect Patrick Reed will be playing once he's over his shin splints as well, and they, <laughs> they've greased his palms with a few, a uh, few six numbers of dollars.
1: Yeah, potentially. I did have a look earlier, and he he didn't appear to be on the list, but uh, these things are quite fluid. So uh, we will. I mean, see. at least
0: Reed takes the race to Dubai
1: seriously. Yeah, yeah he does. Yeah. Yeah, he does lend his support to the European Tour, which is good, and uh, yeah, we'll see how the tie-in with the PGA Tour develops in that respect for a few of the other players over the next uh, months and years. But uh, one to watch.
0: One last question before we disappear: mm. Ryder Cup year, Harris English threw his hat into the ring to he get did, onto, yeah. into the American team. Give me a player on the European Tour who might surprise us. And force his way into the uh, into Team Europe this year. Bearing in mind, there's a lot of the old guard, you know, the likes of Stenson. Yeah, you know, clearly Lee Westwood gone completely the other way. Looks like he's going to qualify automatically. Mm. Then you get the likes of a Henrik Stenson, a complete stalwart, and a Justin Rose, whose games they you know they struggle for a period of time. Give 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 us a name who you might fancy to squeak in the in in the Europe team. Oh.
1: The one that springs to mind, and I'm not sure he should be a surprise, um, is Victor Perez. I think mm. Perez is the kind of player that can have a good season. I mean, he's well inside the world top 50 now. Mm. Um, so he's got access to all of the really big point scoring events and uh, yep. clearly well capable of taking down a decent event as well. So um, you know, if you were to list 12 players um, without looking at any of the rankings, without looking at any of the positions, I don't think... Many people would name uh, Victor Perez as one of the uh, the top twelve, but I've got a feeling he'll make it. I've got a feeling he'll he'll uh, develop his season and uh, and, and potentially uh, grab himself a spot. It's got to be hyper competitive, isn't it? Because you can have you know the likes of uh, Matt Wallace etc., who are going to be desperately trying to do absolutely everything they can to get on the team, and then um, as you say, the, the old guard who would expect to be able to. Um, qualified um, out of rights, and you know if you have got the likes of a Lee Westwood who, um, you know, could potentially push on and uh, and grab himself an automatic he's, spot. He's got to be close to, surely. I mean, yeah. Well, got don't to forget, do a
0: great deal, isn't he? Yeah, don't he's forget, in, he's into the majors now. He's in the top yeah. fifty in the world.
1: Yeah, it's um, you know the events at the back end of the year won't have counted, so you know it's, it's a reset from here, um, and it's going to be a uh, it's going to be a sprint because. Mm. Particularly for the first part of the European tour season, clearly the events are quite limited, so um, players have got to be playing and they've got to be performing well. So, um, yeah, it's going to be an interesting, uh, interesting period of time over the next uh, nine months or so, as uh, as they all try and uh, battle for these positions.
0: The likes of a Thomas Peters, who goes well on those long American golf courses, a mm. Peters or. You know, would you would you have a Peters? Or then you got the likes of Stenson struggling, Rose struggling, Paul Casey hasn't been great, overly great as it is. A, a lot of the, the European tour stalwarts who are going through fallow, relatively fallow patches. And you've got these young up-and-comers. You know, even the likes of Erasmus. Oh, is it Hergar? Hergar, yeah. Uh, I'm not suggesting he, I mean, he could make it. And like you said, the fact that it's a sprint, you know, if they hit these purple patches and can get three, four consecutive you know, wins and top threes to into in, and get into WGCs, you just don't know.
1: No, but they've got to perform at these bigger events. You know, the, the, the next week is going to be one of the critical ones yeah. because it's Rolex Series event, and it's you know there's so many points and so much prize money, Um OWGR points, the whole shebang next week up for grabs. Yeah. So, so yeah, it's it's going to focus some minds, I think. Yeah.
0: Interesting times.
1: Yeah, indeed.
0: Right. Thanks for your time, Paul, this morning. As yeah, ever best of luck. Best of luck to you. Best of luck to listeners. Um, again, if you can uh, get us a five-star review over for next week, it would be absolutely brilliant. And we will be back, of course, for uh, the American Express on the PGA Tour and the HSBC Abu Dhabi Championship next week. Thanks for your time. Thanks for your support. We'll see you again soon. Bye-bye.